Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. We are in a series called Unexpected. We are talking about um, the process of Jesus coming on this earth, um, doing the ministry that he is doing, healing, uh, giving sight to the blind, healing the lame, all the way to these unexpected moments leading up to the cross. And tonight we're talking about the unexpected moments that are on the other side of the cross, and that's the resurrection. And last week, Josh talked about these things in our lives that, that we consider dead and we put in a tomb, right? And we, and we hide it, kind of like Lazarus was dead and, and Jesus brought him back to life. We have things that we consider dead in our life, sins, um, secrets, things that keep us from loving other people. And we put them in tombs and we say, God, you can't reach there. You can't go there. You can't do anything about that. That's my problem. Or... Or we just straight up pretend like it's not a problem. And we just put it in the dark. We roll the, the stone in front of it. And we say, I'm going to try to forget about that. But it doesn't work, does it? Tonight I want you to see that Jesus rolls that stone back. And he brings to life whatever is dead in that tomb. And tonight that's the metaphor that I want you to latch on to is that that tomb that is in your heart that you've placed things in, Jesus brings new opportunity, new life, and new hope into that. And so to set the scene tonight, I want you to know where this Mary Magdalene comes into play. So Mary uh, was healed by Jesus. She was having issues. She was having tormenting spirits among her, and, and, and Jesus healed her. And then she devoted her life to following him as one does when a miracle happens in their presence, I suppose. And she left her family behind, she left her home behind, probably sold her stuff, and started following Jesus and doing ministry side by side with him as he went through the countryside, saving people, raising the dead, healing the blind, healing the sick, healing the lame. And she's seeing miracles after miracles after miracles, and she's believing, and she's full of faith, and she's looking at Jesus that he is the king to come. And in those days, it was confusing because previously, kings set up a government. Kings set up a kingdom here on earth. Kings would establish rule, a new government, new politics, everything like that. And so she's expecting Jesus to be bulletproof, invincible. No one can touch this guy. And so they're following, following, following. And then all of a sudden, he gets arrested. And she's like, but wait a second. He's the, he's the, the king. And then he was put on trial. And she's like, wait, this is not what I expected. What, what's... And then all of a sudden, he's getting flogged and his back flesh is getting ripped from the bone. And she's going, what, what is going on? Why is this happening? All he's done is healed people. What's and then all of a sudden, she hears the crowds yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And she's going, no, what? why is this happening? What, what is ha and then all of a sudden, he's dragging his cross to a hill that he created. And she's going, why? Why is this happening? I, this is not at all what I envisioned. And all of a sudden, she's watching him being nailed to a piece of wood through his hands and through his feet. And she's going, this isn't what, this isn't the kingdom. Like, this wasn't the king. And then all of a sudden, she sees him and he stops breathing. And she's like, Jesus, you're, you're supposed to be here with us. What's happening? And then all of a sudden, a soldier rams a spear into his side to check that he's dead. And he doesn't even flinch. And she's saying, what's happening? And people take his body down from the cross, and two men take it to prepare it for burial. And just like that, all of her expectations have died. 
all of her hopes for what was going to happen in life have died right in front of her eyes, have lost its breath right in front of her. And I want you to feel that because some of you are going through that too. In your lives, you are feeling the death of expectations and the pain that that brings. And so I want you to put yourself in her shoes tonight because you know that feeling. And I want you to hear this story and how it plays out. We're in John chapter 20. And it starts early on the first day of the week. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon and Peter, the other disciples, the one that Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put them. So she's implying that the people who killed Jesus have now taken him away. But I want you to also see that this tomb is being rolled back. And she's looking at, she's trying to see if her expectations are really dead. And I want you to remember what we talked about last week. The things that are dead in your heart that have been put in a tomb. Things that you don't think Jesus can set you free from. Things that are destroying your life. She's peering in to see if they're truly dead. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. There's a joke there, but I don't got time for it. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along him and, and went in straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen, really concerned about the cloth right here. And there's some speculation that the reason that this was noted is saying, yo, if someone robbed this grave, they don't care about the way that the cloth was laying. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the soldiers that killed Jesus came and took his body, they're taking the cloth with them. Why would they leave that behind? He, there's, there's information here saying something else happened. Something strange is going on here. And it was still lying in its place. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still didn't re realize and understand that the scriptures, that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They didn't get that yet. But they knew God was in the middle of something. And maybe you're at that point in your life right now. Like, you're seeing that this tomb that you've hidden your stuff in is getting messed with, but you're not sure why or what's happening within that. They were in the same spot. Now, Mary must have made her way to... Because it picks up, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb. Remember, she's looking into her dead expectations. Everything she had put her hope in, she's now looking at. you imagine the courage that that takes? And she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? She said, they have taken my Lord away. Do you like how unfazed by angels she is? Like, you know what this says? This says that she has walked so closely to Jesus and followed so closely that she's seen so many miracles at this point. And like, she's seen an angel in her day or something. Like, she is just looking at angels going, they've taken the person that I'm concerned about. You are not that important, <laughs> right? She's very concerned about Jesus. Very concerned. She said, I don't know where they have put him. And at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. This is a man she followed with her life, you know she know what, knows what he looks like. But the last time she saw Jesus, he was ripped to shreds. He looked like a zombie, right? Like he was torn up. But now she's looking at someone going, I don't recognize that man. You know what that implies? That it's not that Jesus rose back up and didn't die on the cross and he was like, hey, get this tomb open. I'm back, baby. No way. He was dead. He was dead. 
But what this is showing is that he had a resurrection body. Something that was dead had been brought to a new beginning. Something had new hope and a new meaning and a new life. I hope you see that. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? And then he switches up the question to make it a little more personal. Who is it you're looking for? And you can almost hear him like smirking that, like he can't wait for Mary to realize who he is. And thinking that he was the gardener, deep theological fun right there, but I don't have time for it either. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And in that moment, she knew. She goes, teacher, it's you. <laughs> like, could you imagine? You thought everything you hoped in was dead, and now it's here. And he says, hey, I know it's me. I love you. It's so good to see you, but don't hang on to me like this. Because your old expectations, like, I'm coming up with something brand new. So you can, like, let those go. I'm ascending to the Father, your Father, your God, my God, the same God we've been talking about this whole time. I'm going to him, but things are going to change, but I'm with you now. Saying, don't hold on to me like this. Expect something new. Expect something resurrected. Expect a new beginning. You see that? Totally unexpected. He says, go and tell him that I've said all this. And she does. So one of the things that I want you to see out of this is how painful it is when our expectations die. You know? Like, that's a painful process. For example, on Saturday, I had the expectation when I woke up that morning, that I probably wouldn't run into a piece of plywood and plexiglass. I, I, had, I had a hunch that I wouldn't do that. I didn't have that expectation. However, my expectation died when I indeed ran straight into, smoked my face on plexiglass and plywood. This is what my face looked like. I was pretty, I was pretty, messed, <laughs> pretty messed up. Yeah, I like pulled the skin apart on my nose and stuff. I had to get stitches. But like, hey, I survived. I survived. Round of applause for making it through that. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I didn't expect that. So now, I just said that, so now that when you see my stitches, I don't have to tell everyone the story 800 times. There it is. One blanket story. Okay, so that, that is one expectation that died, right? That is one expectation that died. Here's another one, and it seems goofy. But ever since I was a kid, I thought, okay, so I'm either going to be a stand-up comedian or I'm going to be a rock star. Like, that was, that was like where I was aiming, right? And so all through high school, like even, even when I was in like sixth grade, I was starting bands. I was learning how to play guitar. I was like, I'm writing my own music. I'm going to start writing my own music now, and I'm going to do this. Like this is my thing. I quit basketball in high school just so I could be in a band because I was like, what would I rather tell my kids someday, that I was on the bench in B-team basketball or I was in a metal band? You know, like you, you, you run that scenario. Way cooler to say you're in a metal band, right? And so I, all through high school, all through all this stuff, I was like, I was, oh yeah, look at me chunking out that riff, just flexing, right? I think we, I think we played for four people in Hastings at that show. You know, it's humble beginnings, right? Humble beginnings. Me and me in college, you know, airborne with my buddy, singer in a Hulk mania shirt. So you knew we meant business, right? So, so I had it. I'm like, I'm going to be in a touring metal band. That's what I'm going to do for a living. That's what I'm going to do for a living is I'm going to be in a touring metal band. And even in college, like, I kept doing that, and I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. And, and even in these moments, um, like, we had a class. So even in college, you can expect this. You still have classes where you, like, do a presentation on what you want to do when you grow up. <laughs> and, and so this is, like, my sophomore year in college. And I was like, well, she said, like, don't be ashamed if you, like, put Disneyland on the, on the presentation or whatever. So I was like, 
I'm going to put being a rock star. I'm putting a metal band. Because I was like, I don't have any expectations after this. I've not found anything that I want to do with my life. Like, this is what I want to do. And so I did it, right? I didn't have any other plans. I didn't have any other expectations. I didn't know what to do if this didn't work out. So we recorded the EP, we recorded a bunch of music, uh, me and my buddies, and, and we started looking at the tour, and we're like, okay, we're going to start touring, we got to do this full time, we got to do a heavy, that's how bands get signed. And so we started looking at it, and this is how fragile, fragile this was, and how easily this broke down, was we looked at the budget, and we had sold some t-shirts, and we had about $100. So... <laughs> And so we looked at, like, how much gas it would take to get to the next city and how much it would cost to rent a van. And we all kind of looked at each other and went, we have to break up. <laughs> you know, like, it just wasn't going to work. And we were all, like, we all had to pay bills at this point and, like, grow up and stuff. And so, like, all of the, like, as silly as that is, I had to, as silly as that is, I had to, like, watch my dream, my, like, my expectation, my hope, like, go out back and die. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's silly, but it was really painful. And maybe you know what I'm talking about. Like, it was like where the red fern grows, like watching the dog, like, scrape its way out to the grave, you know, and just die. Like, that's what it was like. And it was really sad. And, and, and maybe, um, just maybe you have something like that. Maybe you have something like that. Maybe you have some expectation in your life uh, that died, and then it hurts, and then it's painful. I've made a way through it. Like, Jesus has brought new beginnings in my life. But you know what I'm talking about. You have these expectations. Maybe you have expectations that died that, that for your school year, right? Like seniors, you're almost at the end here. you got like a few days left. Maybe you went into high school thinking, this is going to be the best experience of my life. Like, I'm going to have so many friends, and they're going to know me really well, and they're going to have my back. And uh, we're going to state, you know? And then now you're on the other side of that going... Man, my expectations didn't line up there. You know? I thought I was going to be better academically this year, but I got super lazy and I just, like, got apathetic. And, you know, I'm planning on doing great things, but right now I don't want to apply the, the effort to do great things. You know, I'm just imagining that's going to be handed to me. You know, like, your expectations just kind of go out back and die, right? Or, or maybe your expectations were in your friendships, and you thought, hey, these are, the, these are my people. Those are my girls. Those are my guys. Like, when I'm hurting, they'll be there for me. And then all of a sudden you were hurting and they left. And you were alone. You know, like that expectation died. Right? Maybe you had the expectation that you would, like, give up everything, even your character, to, like, go and, and be a part of the popular crowd, right? And, like, that would solve what you wanted. That would solve the, like, anxiety that you have is, like, if I put all of my character aside and just chase this one thing, then I'll be happy. And then you did that, and it cost you everything. <clears throat> and that expectation died. It's painful when that stuff happens. Or maybe your expectations were in your family. Like, you set this expectation for your year that you're like, man, I'm going to actually treat my, si my sibling like they're a human being. And I'm not going to degrade them and make fun of them every chance I get. And I'm going to actually try to, like, be nice to them. But then they do something to make you mad one time, and then you're just a total jerk to them. And that expectation died. It's painful when that happens. Because it's like something is going into the tomb that you thought was going to happen. Maybe your expectations have died too. And I'm not going to pretend like that doesn't hurt. But I want you to take that. 
And I want you to see that Mary was in the same situation, possibly even more so. And yet God did something so unexpected. He brought a new beginning to her dead expectations. Do you see that? He brought new beginnings to this expectation that was put in a tomb, the stone rolled in front of it. And it was locked away, but she walked in, she peered in, and then all of a sudden, everything changed when she heard her name. She understood that the expectation wasn't dead. Maybe it's not the same, but now she has a new beginning to look forward to. She has a new opportunity. It all changed when Jesus called her name. I want you to understand tonight that Jesus is calling your name. And I know that. I'm confident in that because of the cross. Because when he went to the cross, he died for each and every single one of us. And he called you by name. And he went to the Father and he said, Father, clear their name of all their sins. If they put their faith in me, I am going to cover all of them. And they will be able to run freely to you. How would he be able to do that for you if he didn't know your name? He knows your name and he knows your pain. What would it change in your life? I want you to close your eyes right now. Just sit, sit up and close your eyes. Put your palms on your knees. I want you to think about this. What would it change in your life? I know you have dead expectations that hurt. What would it change in your life? If you heard your name being called by Jesus, if you understood that Jesus was calling your name tonight, what expectation would it bring back to life? What hope would it bring to you? What new beginning would it resurrect, just like it did for Mary? It wasn't the same expectation. It was something brand new. What if Jesus was calling you to something brand new tonight? Would you answer? Would you believe the fact that he's calling your name? With your eyes closed, I want you to pray about that right now to yourself. What if Jesus is calling my name? Would you pray with me, God? Thank you for the miracle that is you knowing our name. That you know every hair on our head. That you know our story. You know our name. You know our pain. And through all of it, you bring grace and you bring love that we couldn't imagine through the pain that we feel. I, I love the fact that everyone in here gets hope. Hope given freely. I pray that they would understand what it means to be known by you, God. And that it puts them in a place not to be complacent or apathetic or lazy with that. But that it draws them to a moment to make a decision of what that means to them. God, you are always extending your hand to us. Always in love. Always in grace. Help us not believe the lie that you are pushing us away in judgmental anger. That's not what the cross told us. The cross told us that you were coming. That you are coming to walk in our pain and our shame. To feel what we feel. To die the death we deserved. And to raise from that death with death in a chokehold that shows us that we shouldn't be afraid of what we feel like we should be afraid of. Give us peace. Amen. I want you to understand three things. Three things. Jesus called Mary's name. And you can't help but think 
that she went from thinking all hope was lost and dead to having a brand new beginning. And the way that she lived her life and the way that she went to bed that night, the way that she woke up the next morning, do you see that? Do you feel the tension of Friday, Saturday, and then finding out on Sunday that God was calling your name, that Jesus was calling your name? You've heard my story. You know that Jesus called my name. It was a CIY my senior year on a Thursday. And I understood that Jesus knew my name. I didn't know what that meant, but I ran from it. I said, I don't know what that means, but whatever. Right? Maybe you're in that moment. Maybe you've understood for years that Jesus knows your name and he knows your pain, but you've decided to do nothing with it. Use my life as a cautionary tale that there's nothing but pain on the other side of that, of running from it. At least that's my experience. At least that's my experience. And then here I am in college. I, like I'm saying, like my expectations literally, when that, when that all fell apart, I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like I didn't, like I was at the lowest point in my life. I barely had any friends. I, I was so insecure. And I was, lo- and I didn't know what to do next. Like I had no idea what I was doing with my life. And I remember that Jesus knew my name and that he called my name. And this is what I did. And maybe this is what you need to do tonight is finally turn around and go, teacher. When Jesus called Mary na- Mary's name, she turned around and said, teacher. That's an invitation and an action all at the same time. That's saying, Jesus, do you want to show me how to live? And I'll follow you. And I will tell you, Jesus brought new beginnings to my life. And he resurrected dead things and he replaced dead things with alive things. Healthy relationships, healthy friendships, hope for a future, confidence that can't be shaken. I'm still trying to figure out how to not be afraid of things and believe lies. That's like a lifelong thing and maybe you're in that too. But I can always look back to this resurrection moment and go, if Jesus can raise the dead, if he has the power to raise himself from the dead, he has the power to deal with my stuff. The last thing I want you to understand tonight is that Jesus calls your name. And I want you to see on this board these names that were written. Hopefully you see this as more than just a cute exercise, but that this is the kingdom of God being represented. And maybe you didn't get a chance to write your name on this. He knows your name. Gideon, Abby, Ryan, Riker, Sylvia, Olivia, Andrew, Scott, Brian, Jamie, Shelby, Don, Carla, Darla, Kenzie, Tiffany, Taylor, Laura, Jeff, Tricia, Drew, Becca, Ransom, Davis, Curtis, Hadley, Dan, Russ, Stephanie, Luke, Dakota, Eli, Carson, Caitlin, Kyle, Cole, Tyler, Renee, 
Sophia, Levi. He's calling your name. You have the opportunity to decide what you're going to do about that. And understand that he knows your name because he died for you. And he felt the pain that you were supposed to feel. And he took the punishment that you were supposed to have. And he rose again from the dead as a stamp of approval that that check cleared, that that payment cleared. And that you have a direct relationship again with the Father if you put your faith in the fact that he saved you from your sins. He knows your name and that brings you to a powerful, powerful new beginning. And once you understand that God calls you by name and he identifies you, Who in here by a raise of hands has been called a name before? You've been called a name that didn't settle right in your gut. Yeah, pretty much all of us. I want you to understand that that has no weight in who you are. That is not your identity. That is not the lie you should believe. You are who God says you are. You are his child and he calls you by name and he knows your name and he knows your pain and he's willing to walk with you through it all. And he says, watch me, work with me, watch how I do it. And I'll show you these, un, un, these, these matched rhythms of grace and I'll carry your burden. He's lending that to you tonight, that promise to you tonight. Pray with me one last time, Jesus. We are who you say we are. It is so hard for us to not believe the lies of our dead expectations that those are who we were supposed to be. Or the lies of the names that we have been called, that those are our worth or our identity that is lies. Those are lies. God, show us the truth of the resurrection and what it means to our lives. If you can raise the dead, you can reach into these tombs where we've put our sin and our secrets and our shame and you can reach in there and you can bring to life whatever is dead inside of that. You roll the stone back and you bring to life what was dead. God, show us right now. Show the person right now in here that's feeling that dead thing in their heart that you can bring it back to life, that you can replace it, that you can change it. And it's all through your spirit's power. I pray for the person tonight that feels so far gone that they have no hope of coming back to you. Where they've put something before you, put something a priority over you, that is not fulfilling them, that is only upsetting them, that is not bringing life to them, I pray that you would show them the emptiness of that. That they would turn back to you and say, God, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my heart. I am who you say I am. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students.